Hi, everybody. Welcome to the OFM podcast where metabolic health matters. And today's guest is a, is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for what, five or six or seven years now? Something through, like that. I don't even through, know. Yeah. Through Facebook <laughs> with our friend, yes. Mike Julian. Yeah. Tina Hine. And, and I wanted to get Tina on this because she's not what I would call a credentialed expert, but she is an expert. She's an expert in her life. And that's what the message here is today is, is you need to take ownership that you don't need all these experts opining on the internet. The ultimate source for you is you. And so I'm going to have a lot of people who aren't like credentialed experts as well as people who are credentialed experts. It doesn't take away that you're a credential experts, just it doesn't automatically give someone that title doesn't give somebody some expertise. And it certainly does doesn't give them expertise in the context of your life. And that's really important because we're getting bombarded with all this internet information and you have all these credential experts influencing people and, and, and it's time to start thinking for yourself. And this is what Tina has accomplished. And, and like I say, you know, when you start to think about it, the, the fathers and mothers of science, a lot of them weren't credentialed experts. They did it. People who built bridges and, things like that. Back in the day, a lot of these things were done without credentials and courses. People just learned, they problem solved. And today in the context of your life and really kind of getting your life to in sync with your yourself, that's kind of where it is. There is no credentials. You can have all these people, lifestyle coach, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it's all about you. And so the title of this podcast today is Creating a Sanctuary with Tina Hine because uh, we're going to talk about that with Tina because she and her husband, Jeff, have, have really accomplished that. And, and to a point, you just got in from milking goats, right? Yes, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So welcome, Tina. And uh, let's just dive into all about you and creating a sanctuary. Sounds great. It's It's been quite the journey. You know, I think I like to think that uh, I'd like to hope that my whole life has been absolutely wonderful. But the more I explore and the more I find things that bring me profound joy, the more I realize oh, it just keeps getting better and better and better. So I love where this is at because you and I have had so many conversations about about bringing our stress levels down and taking care of us. And the more and more I dive into this work, the the more I realize how important that is. And and um, and I might not be a credentialed expert, but boy, have I listened to a lot of them, including you, Peter. So it uh, it's it's really wonderful that we have this ability to speak and and communicate. Because the more I learn from other people who share their stories, the 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 more I come into myself. So yeah, and 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 you've really. You've really done your work and like like you say life is good right now because you created that sanctuary but it wasn't all that always that way right That's i mean right. yeah you know let we don't need to do a super deep dive but kind of share your your story and background from like your childhood you know through where you've been in the last five to seven years because i think you know i'll take a little bit of credit because that fat adaptation <laughs> is part of that what I call that upward cascade, you know, when you get your physiology right, it really, and then your, 
more emotionally stable. And as you do your work and confront your demons, you, everything just kind of works in that upward flow. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I was actually just listening to uh, a podcast the other day, a soft light underbelly podcast. And it was listening to this woman and she was talking about how, you know, she had, a, she had a little rough in her childhood, a lot rougher than I ever had it, of course. And it, what really resonated for me in that podcast was she just kept picking the same things again and she kept having the same experiences and until she dealt with them she kept having these same negative experiences and and um, and i think that was true for me too it seemed it was really fascinating for me because it seemed like every every little wonderful thing i picked also had something i had to work on um, but i definitely enjoyed spending a lot of time in my childhood running around and playing but it uh, it wasn't until I moved uh, moved away and and uh, was working really hard and and just kept picking these things that uh, that just seemed to kind of bite me in the butt, you know, <laughs> like like working really hard, moving across the country with my husband when I was eighteen, and and uh, and then working while working almost full time while being in university full time to just try and get things done. I just had this need to to work really hard or belief that I had to work really hard, but. At the same time, the, all of the things that I did helped create the sanctuary that I have today. So, it's it's really fascinating. But it is important for me to to explore and check things out and and um, and look at the reason that I choose the things that I choose to do. Um, but most importantly, now it's it's choosing to have peace and and choosing to have a home that I love and. and to feed myself, to feed our family on on our own property, and to extricate ourselves from this this big system that we're in. But also, more importantly, you know, like I I've been with my husband for a really long time since I was a very young person, and a few years ago, five or six years ago, you know, actually not too far around the time I met you, we we realized that we wanted to to reinvest in ourselves. We weren't living our best lives and. And um, so we started to explore, but the most important part of that exploration was actually diving into myself and and realizing that um, that I actually wasn't really living in my body and and I wasn't doing the things that I actually wanted. I had this belief system that all the things that I was doing that were causing me um, to work too hard or all those things were actually really destroying my nervous system and maybe is the reason that I went into very, very early menopause and so since then, I've been really trying to bring all the stress, bring all the cortisol out of my my body, like listening to you has helped me to recognize how very important that is. But but realizing that uh, that I was operating at a high level of stress all the time and that I seem to really like that my nervous system seemed to crave it um, and and recognizing that maybe there was something I needed to work on there. So just digging up all the things that uh, were causing me to subconsciously choose things that were causing me more frustration and pain so that I could then be able to say, oh, wait, I actually don't need to engage in that argument. It means nothing. Or, uh, or I really do just want to be home or I want to be cared for by my husband. I want rather than. than or you, or you want to care for your husband. 
or both of those things are true. Right. We'll exactly. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But realizing that you know a lot of my beliefs have come from ex outside of me, and and starting to listen to what I really wanted, and as opposed to listening to everything I learned in programming and the sitcoms and and movies that that give you this false idea of what reality is um, in a relationship was really important for me to recognize. Well, there's there's now with the internet, there's even all this messaging bombarding us now. Let's kind of dive into that because this is something that, you know, we all have to deal with. And I think uh, for the listeners, this may be, may or may not be germane, but, you know, I, I've worked with some pretty stellar people throughout my life. And, and one of the things that was brought to my attention several years ago was this concept of childhood wounding and, and mm -hmm. how we, we get wounded, whether it's through real trauma or perceived mm -hmm. trauma or emotional trauma and if it's not addressed and and dealt with in a proper way which is what parents are supposed to do uh, mm -hmm. they often don't because they're still manifesting their childhood wounding <laughs> adult life we we set these patterns of behavior up that they might be different on the surface but it's playing out that same messaging and we get accustomed to that where we don't really know any different and so we just go through life recreating uh different different like on the surface scenarios as we transition through life and still getting that same message that uh, i don't know i remember the what is it the wayne's world we are we are not worthy <laughs> message <laughs> that's a guy's way but but i mean for a woman it's 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 even more complex right i mean you're it's you're fundamental yeah. yeah yeah for women that like for women especially i feel i like i'm sure it's absolutely the truth for men as well for all of us really like the reality is if we are uh, not feeling connected to ourselves and our tribe then uh, that we may not feel worthy but it and um and it's very, very important for us because we're such a social herd animal. We need to be a part of that. We need to be worthy in order to feel safe. And and so with all this messaging that comes from uh, from other places, even makeup ads and all of those things that constantly tell us that our body isn't good enough or what we do isn't enough if we're not um, working 80 hours a week and have three children and have lots of sex with our husbands and and be happy and smiling about that, then we're a failure as a woman. So that's a or a man you know and so it it really it's it's an important thing to start to recognize like what is the root of of these it, these decisions that we make you know i i remember listening to someone speak about free will and do we really have free will based on all of our life experiences we make decisions based on on all of those experiences um so i think that as we start to recognize what our wounding is like you said then we can make more informed and better decisions for us yeah, and, and the thing is, because of this wounding, and I see this play out with people, especially especially with the, in in the endurance market. I mean, one of my mm -hmm. close friends, we we talked a lot about this because of our own childhood stuff was very similar, because of our cultural backgrounds, and like in endurance, we see this this bifurcation. It's it's a, it's a spectrum, but there's this clear bifurcation of you have people in ultra endurance who are successful in every, truly successful in every vein of their life. And mm -hmm. so their endurance is just an extension of who they are. And then you have these people who like their whole life is wrapped up in like, I'm an ultra runner or I am an Ironman or I ride centuries. 
and, and it's like, what are you running from? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so yeah. you know, that's the thing. So the, the, in conjunction with this concept of, of childhood wounding and how we, you know, continue that pattern at its core, just in different outward manifestations through life, there was also this learning, you know, it's, it's part of that dance we do around mm -hmm. um, the wounding to, to, to avoid dealing with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Part, I was of, definitely part, of, part of that. So, so to, to share, share with us that, you know, and then how, you know, you've, you can't, you know, you had your come to Jesus meeting, so to speak. <laughs> well, I, it was actually really humbling when I really realized that, um, like, because I found you through endurance running and recognizing that I wasn't, I wasn't running as effectively as I could when, especially when this beautiful little fairy of a woman passed me, like she was floating through the air and I was just trying to get through this 50. Um, and I realized I started to dive into myself. And it was really humbling when I realized that I was actually running away from myself this entire time. And, um, and I had to look at a lot of things. But, um, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is that you're looking for me um, from me for right now, Peter, what is can you I, ask I'm not, me again? just just okay. it, I think it's part of this whole, yeah, you know, it's the ability that you had to exactly deal with that you know come mm -hmm. come to it and i i see you're getting emotional which is which is healthy <laughs> right because yeah. it, it, yeah. it's it's powerful and how we can cha channel that power of that wounding into a more positive life which i i feel you you've really done and and, and give people yeah. the inspiration that they can do it themselves because i've had some interactions recently where i've seen this and it's like you know i wish there was some way i could get that across to the person that you 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 are worthy of mm -hmm. a healthy relationship you are worthy of doing this but but you still have to take responsibility and, and confront that demon rather than run from it so it's it's really the most powerful thing peter to take take control and to look at yourself because it took me a really long time because i try i was trying to control the world around me and i was trying <laughs> to say you know <laughs> <laughs> in an effort to not look at my issues but um, but once i started to realize oh shit i can actually really like if i look at this and i i realize that um, that if i just pause for a minute before i say something that might cause a fight or if i if i just realize that i'm not trying to change someone else i'm just i have an unmet need and how can I meet that need myself instead of expecting it from other people? Um, and figuring out what those needs were was really the crucial part. It was really the thing that I needed to, to recognize is that when you feel, I believe, when you feel like you're not worthy, then you don't ask for things because if somebody says no, then it can be extremely devastating. And that is a strategy that uh, I know I certainly used and I know I'm not alone in that. And so once I started to, yeah, <laughs> once I started to realize that, um, that I, I could meet my own needs, but also that my husband, for instance, wanted to meet my needs. So if I just asked for what I wanted from him, then he would fall over backwards and forwards and in every way to meet that need. Because this is, and to me, this was the biggest lie ever told is that yes, we need to meet our own needs, but also meeting, meeting each other's needs is part of fulfilling ourselves and, and fulfilling each other. And so 
when I started to realize polarity and that we had in our relationship, we had a reversed polarity that I had believed that I was supposed to be the ball buster and, and, um, and that he should be intuitive and just know everything about me and he should be able to read me and that's absolute absurdity. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Gina. Just not how you guys work or how we work either. No, no, oh. no. They're, they're, like I say, in, in, there's a reason why in most mammal species, the males go off on their bachelor herds after the mating season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, you know, once I like probably one of the most like, you know, you um, people like Kim and Ami, Kelly Brogan, all kinds of people were really important to me. I had I was in the Red Sisterhood for a while as well, which I found really helpful. But probably one of the simplest little things that I learned in my life that that helped to change how I felt in my relationship was reading a little book called The Queen's Code. And it just showed me how the way that I spoke to my husband actually really emasculated him. And, and it gave him, it, like, it took away his purpose. Like if I, like if he came in, for instance, it's just a simple fun little example. Like if he came into the kitchen and uh, I was jumping up on the counter cause I'm five foot nothing to try and get something in a top cupboard. Um, and he would say, can I get that for you? And if I just said, no, I can get it myself. That little act, it, it is, it, it kind of, it cuts his balls off and it takes away his purpose. He's five nine or five ten and he can reach the shelf and he can absolutely get that for me and when he does and i just look him in the eyes and say thank you um, and i'm not stressing myself out trying to get the goddamn jar then <laughs> things work a little bit more smoothly but it takes a lot of reprogramming to realize that that is something that that can actually supercharge your life is if you just lean into what when I started to lean into what his strengths were and to ask him to take care of me and he would do the same and I would take care of him with joy like get to a point where he's done all kinds of things throughout the day that when he gets home I'll just say what can I get you for dinner like those little things uh, those little things make both of us happy and and what a, what a concept what a concept what a concept yeah and, mm -hmm. and unfortunately this is not the 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 narrative for lack of a better term and then i'm sure mm -hmm. i'm sure it probably what it you know i'll have you talk about your end of it as a woman but i'm sure it also triggered passive aggressive behavior in jack oh it was i i can't speak to that for certain but we definitely were were at each other yeah. and uh, and we were we were not meeting each other's needs and we were trying to feel our needs from each other passive aggressively both ways i'm sure absolutely yeah. and i'd rather not remember that but <laughs> no no but it, it, it's, it's 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 important to recognize it because there is so much passive aggressive behavior and, and it's and a lot of it is just unintentional it is and it's learned it's a learned behavior yeah. And it's we learn it from everywhere. And like I said, like I alluded to earlier, like it's we see it on the sitcoms, we see it in our movies, we see it everywhere. We even read about it in books a lot of the time. And it's it's programmed us to behave this way. And the profundity of recognizing that, holy cow, the everything that I've learned in the world is working against my physiology. And therefore, is that the reason that I I had a, an extremely early menopause? And and everything in my life changed and it, that was a really profound experience for me to realize that nearly everything that i had, had learned was maybe not as it seemed and so it's been a powerful relearning and remembering of of what it is that i want and and need 
Yeah, and, and so that creation of the sanctuary starts within. Yes, yes. Yeah, coming into myself and and recognizing what my wants were. I had shut myself down so effectively, I didn't even know what I wanted. And and sometimes when I actually and, and, and up, let me let me let me just stop you there. Mm -hmm. Hold that thought because yeah. once you get to that point, you're very susceptible to messaging. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. And hopefully I found the messaging, I believe I found the messaging that I was open to that is actually good for me and my nervous system and my body and my family. And and I, I feel like it is. And the more that I speak to you, the more that I learn from other mentors, the more that I spend time meditating and listening to myself, the, the more I think that this is the right path. So I I hope that more and more people start to actually listen to what their belly is telling them I, like i i've spent so much time with my belly in the last little while i don't know about most ladies but i uh, i recognize that i have been trying to tune out of that belly for a really long time and learning to breathe into it to walk with it and use it as a tool has been really really interesting and um, but it's it's almost like i'm having to relearn this part of my body but it's yeah. the, it's the part that i need to listen to the most a absolutely and then I'll, I'll give some a couple of pointers there one is what i've been talking about lately is that you know modern technology and science is there to to help us actually be better mm -hmm. but it's it's taken away unfortunately that what's the outcome the actual outcome has been is it's taken away our our own intuitive sense of ourselves it should actually support it. Not, that's why I'm all for the science, I'm for the data, I'm for the new technologies, but they're there to corroborate the experience, not drive it. And our, you know, when, when our metabolism and physiology are working well, when our biomechanics are working the way they should, our, our natural intuition, our experience is that most powerful tool. And then it should be corroborated by the data, whether you're wearing a glucose monitor or a heart rate mm -hmm. monitor, blood work says this or your pace and time if you're wearing a Garmin that should all mm -hmm. corroborate the experience and, and not drive it but unfortunately what's happened now is because of modern marketing and our fascination with things you know whatever the latest trend is like glucose monitors mm -hmm. and tra tracking your glucose yeah. is a big deal we all of a sudden focus hyper focus on that and it's it's like no you you know you you can learn to know when your blood sugar is high and when it's low and the data will corroborate that yeah right? my, my scientific instrument is now is my body now i have used tools but now i look at my skin i look yep. at how i'm feeling and i i try not to look at the scale but i have used that as a tool like if i eat something and then i get on the scale the next morning and suddenly i'm five pounds heavier i know that that food that i ate the day before did not agree with my system and so no. maybe i need to pay attention and not eat that again or or who knows but um but you're right like using using pieces of equipment uh, following other people who've done extraordinary science is is how i've come to this place like i came from a place of after my son was born my whole body just quit it i had uh, gigantic allergic reactions all over my body my body had said no and i've really been on a reconnection with myself since that point um, and that was he's turning 16 this year so it uh, 
and it's taken a while. It's taken finding people like you to um, and and others as well to be able to figure this out. Like I know I found you through keto and um, like I had explored keto, but it wasn't quite right for me. And so finding OFM really kind of tuned me in a little bit more, helped me settle in, and especially the work that you have you and I have talked about about bringing your stress down bringing my stress down was so crucial. I just really didn't have any idea how stressed out I really was. I remember people would say, well, what's your stress level? <laughs> I'm not stressed out. Um, but um, now yeah, I you back, just You just adapted to the stress. Just adapted. Exactly. Uh, We're amazing at adapting to things. Yes. Um, and, and, and that's fantastic. Look at this creature we are. But, um, but the more I shed stress, the, the better my life has become and and um, as well as tuning into myself as well. So that's been a really important part of my life for sure. Yeah, and just coming back to breathe, to being into your belly and your core, I, I think as a woman, that's that's very important for, for reasons. I know I don't know. That's how I'll phrase mm -hmm. it. I, yeah. You know, fair. because there's a, there's a certain biological grounding that women have that men don't have. And that is the, the whole reproductive cycle of, of wanting to have a child, carrying gestating and carrying a child to term birthing and then lactating it's just a, it's it's a very you know that's what keeps the species going you know that's what keeps mm -hmm. species going is that thing and it's it's the females that that are driving it men need a purpose because without that we're we're a mess you know, we need you too well i i, I get i get that but yeah we, we don't have that grounding so it it, mm -hmm. it it's a it's a it's a different challenge, but you guys have that grounding. But one of the things I wanted to also point out about, apart from the in intuition, you know, trusting your own feeling once you have your physiology working right, mm -hmm. is an Alexander technique thing about when your biomechanics are right, you relax your diaphragm to breathe in and then the, the air just comes right in. And, and when you're stressed, you can't relax that diaphragm so you're using all this musculature with counter you know you got one muscle working against another one tension counter tension and and, and you know when you're breathing properly and when you're not breathing properly Peter, and, that has been probably the one of the most powerful experiences of my life and then to have you corroborate what my experience was was really extraordinary because you introduced you uh, you introduced me to alexander technique um but it was through another person irene lyon that i discovered feldenkrais whom you said is yeah, he was an act he was he was a student of fm alexander's and and both yeah. of them had really strong personalities so it didn't work uh, well. yeah well it was it was when i finally went i i have tried like i said i've been trying to bring my physiology into a healthy space for 16 years really and it wasn't until i went and had um, a session with a feldenkrais practitioner that i realized i have never walked effectively in my life and since then i have been trying to adjust my whole frame because every little trauma every little stress that i've had in my life i have you stored it in my tissues yeah. you i'm holding it yep. that's right and my entire body was crooked and everything was crooked. And so when I mentioned earlier about how this lovely little beautiful fairy ran by me, this beautiful young woman ran by me, like it was like it, with beautiful grace and ease. And I just said, how can I, I how do I do that? Um, that's when I really started to dive in. I had mostly gotten the diet under control and learned about a little bit about stress and so on. 
a little bit, but not enough. But then I started to realize, okay, what is happening with my frame and every little issue that I've had throughout my life. And, you know, some of the early days weren't so great. There were some things there, but um, I continued throughout my life to add more and more and more pressure to my body. And what you were talking about earlier about um, the belly and about the diaphragm and that first time that I went for a walk and I actually moved my body in the way that I learned was possible. And my belly expanded and breathing became effortless. And it felt like my body was could move forever in that way. It was like the first time I was like, wow, this is pretty amazing. The second time I was like, oh, this is cool. I'm doing it. The third time I was like, it felt like this is what life is supposed to be like. It's supposed to be easy and graceful like this. And it's still a practice because you know, every everything around us right now is creating a little bit more stress, or at least I choose to look at it that way anyway. And and so the habit, I'm trying to break those habits and of uh, not break, I'm trying to adjust those habits of how I move and how I hold my body. And right now I'm doing um, something called network spinal chiropractic. And it is really, really helping me to shift my frame and to loosen as well as a really um, powerful meditative practice that I'm doing and really notice that in the first run, first really good run that I did in a couple of years now with my son the other day, that I was actually able to stretch my leg all the way back in a way that I didn't know was possible before. I was able to move my glutes and my leg legs in ways that I didn't think were possible. And I had a glimmer of how that lovely, beautiful young woman was running through the forest so graceful and like, now I can see it and now it's yeah. possible. One of the things when you're running, running is is a dynamic balance and, mm -hmm. and, and but it's no different than standing, walking or running because when mm -hmm. you're standing, you're having your center. We have an arch on our foot for a reason. Mm -hmm. That's and we're supposed to have our center of gravity over that arch. So when mm -hmm. you're standing, it's not a static thing. It's a mm -hmm. dynamic thing. So when you're over your arch, that'll feel weird because you're letting go. You're you're mm -hmm. relaxing those muscles mm -hmm. and balancing mm -hmm. those muscles. Most people are sitting back on their heels. Mm -hmm. You and know, what's creates, even, what, please go ahead. Yeah, that creates tension, counter tension. But when you're over mm -hmm. your, your, your arch, you're distributing the load across your footbed because that's what an arch mm -hmm. is for. But then that sets up the proper distribution of weight across the surface area of all the joints, the ankles, the knees, the hips, and up, right up the spinal column to the back of the head. So mm -hmm. the point I wanted to make for you and divert is when you're running, you'll get to the point where that microsecond where your foot comes underneath you on the mm -hmm. foot strike, each mm -hmm. foot, you'll feel this tap where that grounding occurs right under your center of gravity and it'll go right up to the base of your spine, right mm -hmm. to the base of your head. And you'll just mm -hmm. feel that. And that's when you're going to be in this dynamic balance. You want to go faster, you just lean from the ankles a little farther forward. Mm -hmm. If you want to go slower, you lean from the ankles a little bit back and you can play with that. Yeah. And it's the same with standing. Okay. Mm -hmm. You just go back and forth from your ankles and, and that's how you do it. But you'll feel that, that micro thing of, 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 it's like you're driving a little stake right up to the base of your skull and it's like mm -hmm. you're, you're in pro proper alignment. So, and then, mm -hmm. you know, that allows your, your hip to rotate forward get into that balance to where when you're breathing, whether you're running, standing, lying down, your diaphragm is relaxing down. Mm -hmm. The air just comes in on its own. You're, you're supremely efficient. you got that occipital movement of your arms, you know, 
where you've got the, the right leg going forward, the left arm going forward, and everything works in that flow state. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I, pardon me, I, I want to mention the arch in our back as well, because for myself, I just had this belief that I was supposed to suck in my gut and, oh, pardon me, suck in my gut and, and be straight. And it's, it was actually the relaxing of my belly into my pelvic bowl and not That's right. holding it up. That was really crucial for me. Yes. It's that, it's that bringing that pelvis down because we, mm -hmm. we when we have tension it's in the it's in the small of our back and it yeah. tilts that pelvis up and that's what creates tight hamstrings all those things and and just for the audience this is we're all this is all germane to creating this sanctuary because the more you can relax into yourself and the more you're aware it just seems to create once again that cascade where other things in your life just start to flow well i think that it was also crucial for me to also learn to love my belly. I, I think this is a big thing for a lot of women. I think no matter what size you are, we hate our bellies. We all do. And so it was just realizing that I have been strangling myself my whole life by by trying to hold my belly in and, and trying to be this idea of beautiful that that I believed was was the, the goal. And And once I relaxed, once I allowed my belly to sit in its in my pelvic bowl as it's meant to, um, then I uh, I almost did like a palm to my forehead kind of moment. And and speaking to you about that, you're like, oh, I hate it when I hear people say like hold in your hold in your core, or strengthen your core, those those kind of things. And and I and that was the first time I've ever heard that. I've never heard anyone say that that. Uh, yeah, that lock your core. Lock, yeah. lock your core. <laughs> yeah, I locked everything down. Everything yeah. was locked down. Yeah. Yeah. And that, well, again, that creates that downward spiral. Like people have this image, they got to have a six pack ab. If you're a guy, a woman, you're supposed to have a tone tight belly, no yeah. stretch marks. And that creates tension. Yeah. A lot That's of it. Part, part <laughs> of that downward cascade. And then you're not breathing well, which is going to mm -hmm. restrict oxygen flow in, CO2 out. And digestion. My digestion digest, was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I was strangling my entire intestinal tract by trying to hold it in. Um, not, so not only am I not breathing, but I'm also not digesting and not uh, absorbing nutrients effectively and also not excreting any waste products effectively either. So it was really powerful realization. Yeah. And it's interesting because because I'm thinking now about the, you know, the whole counterculture thing, which created a lot of this undoing, but not really. But I'm thinking a positive thing because you know, back then when, when this was all happening and I was a precocious young boy, but I, I, I was precocious enough to see it and witness it. It was like, you have, you had all the counterculture saying, don't be uptight. Yeah. And, and right? it's like, right. Uh, the perfect term is being uptight. And, and it's, yeah. it's actually, I mean, it's, it's so pervasive now because of modern technology is now causing this fight or flight response on a chronic subconscious level daily. I mean, it, just the pinging of your phone saying you got a text message or a message or a call just sets that up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I had I met an interesting, in my, in my experiences in the last decade or so, I met a healer 
And, uh, and her motto, it always makes me laugh. But every time I try and remember it, and it was, she was always, her motto is relax your asshole. <laughs> and it's true. You need to, you need to relax your entire body. And, uh, and we are, we're, we're round tight. And so uh, I even notice it in like, like all around us, we are walking and holding our hips together and trying to keep everything in. And, and I mean, nothing's flowing that way. And so, and the more I meditate and the more I loosen my body and, and uh, the, the more energy flows out of it and then creativity bubbles up when that happens, the more I realize, boy, this is a really wonderful experience. This is a really wonderful way to live. And, um, and I'm glad I found it. And I, I spent a long time doing the opposite. And, you know, there was a part of me that would try and, and tell me like, how, how could I be so silly or how could I be so ridiculous for doing that for so long? But it really, for me, I take that as that's what I, that, that showed me what I don't want. And, and now I'm just so grateful to be able to have health, <laughs> have health yeah. and, and have joy and wonderment and enjoy clouds and enjoy my goats and rabbits and humans that are in my life. And in, in well, a way you, that you, you, have, you have curiosity and wonder yeah. and you're open, open to different perspectives that you don't have to adopt them, but Hey, yeah. if that what you want to do, you can do it uh, and accepting of people for where they are. And so this is, you know, this is really, to kind of frame this as we move along, it starts with that core inner work, right? The childhood wounding, mm -hmm. the psychological trauma that we have to, to where we, we're sort of, it's sort of like a setup because we're, you know, when, we're, when we are children, when we're infants, we are helpless. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, yeah. we're influenced by our parents and people close to us in that circle that if that wounding happens, we continue to feel helpless. We, we also continually depend on others, which makes us more susceptible control rather than others helping us to claim our sovereignty, but at the same time, allowing other people to have their sovereignty too. But mm -hmm. with that healthy, like you say, that healthy codependence, whether it's a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, coworkers, collaborators, mm -hmm. friends, wherever that, that, that meaning of the human connection, like you say, we're social creatures, but also because yeah. we're human and we've got this human thought process, our ability to be individuals is also important, but it can go off the rails as much as the herd mentality can go off the rails. Yeah. Yeah. And but, I know uh, in this day and age, of course, we hear a lot about femininity and masculinity. And I think that uh, I don't, I don't yeah. know about that. I think we're hearing a lot about gray area right now. But, don't get started on that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe that uh, that I've I've been led to believe that. That we're that we are separate and I don't think we are. The, like we're not meant to be separate from each other. We're meant to feed off each other and and care for each other, whether that's a parent for a child or or um, friends for each other or uh, males and females or females and females, who knows? Um, I think we're supposed to feed off each other and care for each other. And uh, I believe it's supposed to be like an infinity loop. And, and the more you feed one person, then they, in theory, can then take care of you and um, or, or maybe somebody else is feeding you, but you can feed someone else. And, and, yeah, and I think that upward cascade effect, right? Yeah. Than this control and, 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 yeah. and dominion over other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and part I think of creating that, that sanctuary. 
Yes, and that we, and that you can actually get some incredible joy from from caring for someone else. Like it, the the act of caring for someone else can also feed you. So there's there's so much messaging that I've been trying to adjust and uh, and and recognizing. Like I, I don't I don't want to be a I don't want to be a doormat, and I don't want to just serve other people. I need to learn how to receive as as well as to be able to to give and. And um, no matter who that is too, whether it's a conversation between you and I, where we go on for three hours and talk about 50 million subjects um, or friends or people in the downtown area that we live that need a little bit of extra support in our downtown, um, whatever it is, it's a gift to give and it's a gift to receive. And well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here was also to talk about something uh, I've, I've come to think and I've shared it with a couple of female clients who are very successful, you know, in this modern vein of, of having careers, you know, really big careers and, you know, be all do all. And, and that is that, you know, I found that the modern woman with the modern messaging, I've come to this, this conclusion and, and coming from me as a misogynistic Neanderthal male, not, it's not, it's not, it's coming from me as a biologist looking at this from a, Bio, evolutionary biology thing it's like women right now a lot of women because of the messaging they're in they're in a fundamental conflict with themselves with their biology because the, a woman's biology like i said earlier is grounded in caring nurturing giving life nurturing life that's that's their fundamental drive and you don't have to have children to do that i see a lot of women who choose not to have children but there's there's still that mothering nurturing tendency is there it's, it's just biological hardwiring in a female and with this messaging of having to have a career and all that and then of course on top of the career you have to have the children and raise the children real well you tend to be a helicopter parent and then you want to be a, a an athlete in some, whether it's crossfit or iron man or marathon running and when you're you know when you just want to be a woman Yes. And you want to you want to care for your children. You want to have your husband be be that not the breadwinner, but the but the hunter who brings back, gives you that security that you and your children are going to be fed and nurtured in that way. And in turn, you're going to create the home life and nurture at home. So a lot of women are in this fundamental conflict. And when I've shared this with women, they're like, it's like an aha moment for them. It really is, Peter. And that was that was a huge aha moment for me. And you only have to look to women's literature and romance novels and things like that to see what what really drives women like deeply. And when I realized that uh, that that I really just I love to raise a human, it, like it's been the most profound moment of my life. And and I don't fault people for not wanting to choose that. But when I really lean into, like this is why we get along so well, we're both biologists. When I really lean into the behavior of it and, and, uh, and recognizing how important my role is, but also how important his role is. I can't, I can't raise an extraordinary human by myself. I, I need to be the nurturer. I, I want to be the nurturer. I want to feed him. Uh, my son, he's, he can feed himself these days, of course, but but I want to feed him and nurture him. And then I want and need, and he needs 
my husband to be there, to be the one to push him, to be the one to, to help him to take risks because I don't want my, to see my son take any risks. Literally all my eggs. Are exactly. Basket, right? Exactly. <laughs> I, that, uh, yeah. And it's, it's a, it's, it's a bit conflictive, but you get it. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because yeah. the last thing I, I have this, you know, personally, I have this, this challenge with, with, with the mother of my children is mm -hmm. it's, it's, they want to protect them. And we live, right. we live in a, in a society. We've so ensconced ourselves in this man-made construct that we want risk-free, challenge-free lifestyles. And, and, and it, you need that, that, that male to come in and say, no, you get your ass out of bed. You're going to go do this, that, right. or the other thing. And, and yeah. you're like, you're like, no, that's my baby. That's right. And I still do that. And I still have to fight myself. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, that's the cause of conflict between myself, my husband and myself, because he's pushing him and I'm seeing him push him. And I see my son being a little yeah. frustrated or and I want to go in and save him. So I have to consciously take myself out of that situation. And to me, that is it is hard to do, but it's the most important thing I can do for my kid is to pull myself out of their relationship and let them work it out. And to probably the thing that has has formed our family the most was was hearing from a mentor i think it was dr laura um, and um she said to me that children thrive on the differences between their mothers and fathers and when i was watching my husband like fling my kid up in the air when he was little i would have to like turn yep. the other way and leave the room <laughs> but it created this extraordinary human who um who when I when he meets other people, they're amazed by him, and I like to say it's all me, but it's not. It's the combination of his mother that's and his right. father that that's crucial. And like I believe this fundamentally now, in, in this in this exploration that that my husband and I together are superhuman. Um, when we're united together things come to us it's it's a beautiful thing our son is in the best place like we our business is the most successful when we are united and when we are really serving each other beautifully we like everyone around us notices it and i i believe that that this has been this really insidious messaging that has really truly harmed people particularly children this messaging that that men and women are enemies of each other is the most detrimental subconscious belief that i had in my life and i don't know if other people had that belief but i by what i see around me i feel like that's the case i feel like we believe that we're the enemy of each other and that we are um, supposed to fight each other and, and as i have recognized that that his strengths support my strengths and together we're even more powerful that has been the most fundamental shift in in my life and created sanctuary and reduced my stress levels to be perfectly frank though i still fight that old programming and sometimes a little wound comes up and i'll get a little cranky and or he might get a little cranky and we have to consciously look at that and come back to it and and, and realize just walk we're away together. for a while. That's right. Yeah. 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 But and so for the audience to know, I want to remind them this this didn't come easily. You guys were literally at each other's throats at per certain times in your your marriage. For sure. And, you know, so so people need to know that 
you know, they can say, oh, this person has this and all that. But it's like, no, it's it's not easy. But but we do we do have the sovereignty and, and this messaging is exactly that this this divisiveness is meant to tear apart these core family units or these core relationships of friends, right? The distraction, yes. like even like I've really come to this conclusion of like, I don't want to be somebody who is looking over their shoulder. What does this person want from me? Blah, blah, blah. I don't, I choose not to lose, but it, so relationships matter to me. And, but I'm also mm -hmm. like street smart enough to understand that, okay, there's this, what I call the human condition. And so I have to be aware of that and have healthy boundaries when those boundaries, when those cues present themselves, you know, like the old Ronald Reagan saying was trust, but verify. Um, I'd rather approach it that way than to be mistrusting of everybody. Yeah. And, and so, but the point I wanted to make here is that the, the, the way things are set up today in this man-made construct, whether it's by intention or not intention, not unintentional, it is tearing up that core thing, like the individual's own sense of self. Because like for you guys to have this relationship, it has to start with you getting some level of self-confidence about where you are. Because when you're confident about your, where you are, you're also open to other people's opinions you're open to even being wrong yes and readjusting exactly. right and that takes that takes a lot and and when you don't have that confidence you're in you're in a, a fear-based modality so that's going to create cortisol it's going to create fear and then it locks you into what i call being right in your own mind and, and not open to alternatives yes exactly and, and then, like I operated on fear. So like my entire life was, was living in a fear state. And is, is that the reason my physiology shifted and I ended up in early menopause? Did I, did I overdose on cortisol in an effort to try and keep up with masculinity and men and, and, uh, and to prove how valuable I was? Maybe. Bust some balls. Um, what's that? Bust some balls. Bust some balls, yeah, or just uh, just prove I'll that ask, I can do it I'll myself. Ask Jeff, Jeff about that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if I busted his balls like with a sledgehammer, but it was subtle, and that's how yeah. women are. I don't want to speak for all women, but that's how I was, and that's how I see many many people. Is we have we we're we're physically different from men, but that doesn't mean we're less powerful. And the way that we communicate with our partners, particularly men, can really harm them. And and you know, I, it's it's such a it's something that we have to really take seriously and and take responsibility for. Because when I realized that if I just shifted the way that I both perceived and what my husband was doing and the way that I communicated with him, everything changed. And that was something I could do. Like I said to you earlier, I was exactly. trying to change everyone around me. But once I realized, oh, wait, I'm kind of being a jerk here. Um, or if I just ask him, like, you know, better when you get more bees with honey, if I would just say, you know, would you be willing to get this for me instead of, will you do this for me later? Like, those are different energies. And um, and they really affect other people's bodies. And I have been, it's, this is the humbling part, is I've been saying to him for years, you know, your tone, it's all about your tone and how you speak to me. And of course, when we turn, when we look in the mirror, <laughs> <You're> projecting. <laughs> yeah. 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 when you look in that mirror and you're like, oh, humble pie is not so good tasting. <laughs> but, but, but that's the thing. When you can eat humble pie, you, when you can look at that wounding, it's like transformational. Yeah. 
That's right. And that's where I take the opportunity to say to him, you know what, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful we're still here and we're still together. And I, I'm sorry that I didn't recognize that, that um, the way that I was communicating with you was not helpful and, and, um, and we can do better together. I, I think something else that's missing, uh, that was missing for me, and I'm grateful for another, for again, for Dr. Laura for pointing this out to me is that we sometimes forget, like after a period of time with a person, we, we start to forget the reasons we picked the person. We start to forget all the great things about them. And, um, and we made a concerted effort to um, take, uh, take a hold of one of Kim and Ami's practices, which is sending each other little messages. I love you because, and just as a little reminder, like, I love you because you work so hard for me. I love you because you come home with a smile on your face. I love you because like, if we just take that moment to consciously make an effort to love that person that we're with, that we picked and love and are great, then, then that shifts our relationship as well. Instead of falling into that easy pattern of, oh, hate when he speaks to me like that or oh i wish he would just do this or why can't he just take the garbage out well, is it's, it's really it's really all about reminding yourself it is when you remind because you know like a guy as a, from a guy's perspective I, I i totally get because i've stood back and watched it women need that kind of reinforcement it's we it's, need to hear it, it. It's, yeah. it's it's part of that thing where a guy a guy is like if a guy's really being in his guyness it's just this is it I've got to go out and conquer and I got to bring home the, the, you know, and provide and, and do this. And it's like, we don't need it verbally as much as we just don't need to be attacked. We already it's know true. that that's it's that, true. But also I want to counter that with like, if you came home from a day of, of killer activity and slaying dragons and things like that, and you walked in the door and your partner looked at you in the eye and said, boy, I'm glad to see you today. And thank you for working so hard for me. I think that would go a long way to easing a lot of tension in, in life and relationships. Yeah, it, it would, but all, but just those subtle subconscious cues of having dinner ready saying, honey, I got the kids. You, you, you've had a hard day. You, you, just doing it without saying it is, is, is yeah. we don't, we don't need much. What, what, what gets us, and, and this is the frustration of, of men where we act out in really bad ways is when we feel attacked from within, like yeah. from that female. And I, I, I don't, it doesn't excuse our behavior mm -hmm. because it can be really bad, but it, it, it's, it needs to be understood that, you know, you're out there slaying dragons and all of a sudden you're getting clawed in the back from your wife. That's and, right. And all of a sudden you're, you're just reacting. And it's the same thing with the female. She's just reacting. And it's like, we have, we have this human capacity to step back and assess things and change our course rather than react. Yeah. Yeah. And just appreciation for each other, I think That's is right. something that is, that is a simple thing. If you can just find a way to share your appreciation or just take a moment and be grounded and, and look your partner in the eye and, and say, thank you. Um, or give them the hug or find out whatever it is that they love. Like for like, I'm not a hugger. He loves touch and he loves hug, but I'm not a hugger. I like it when he does things for me and, and he likes to be touched. So when he realizes, Oh, you know, she's been, she's been looking for something to be fixed for a while. I'll just do this. And then I give him a big hug as a result of him doing that thing for me. That's again, that's that example of how we feed each other. If you can figure out what it is, that that really motivates your partner and just start to feed them that way it's it's a powerful experience 
Yeah, yeah, no, it absolutely is. And and let's so part of this creating the sanctuary. Let's talk about now the the window dressing. And and I do have a a, a part of this I want to bring in that's more sub substantive. But you live on Nanaimo Island, is that correct? Vancouver Island. Vancouver in the city Island of in the the city yeah. of Nanaimo. So yes. so compared to most people, most people out there, you're living in a small community. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, there's about a hundred thousand people here, but we live fairly rurally, and yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty small little community where we are right now. And you and you have and what you guys have created is you have a, a little bit of property. Property you built a house, annex, yeah. and now you have a little farm with yeah goats, and you've probably turned your 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 need to nurture as a, as a woman to your goats. Right. I see these goats. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. We, I don't think hunters. I don't think hunters going to go for all the the nurturing at sixteen. That's <laughs> it. And I like. I need. I. That's exactly. And and taking care of those animals feeds me, and literally feeds me. So, like, but what we've created here, when people come to our home, like we we bought this beautiful home that was built for a year, all but nobody really lived in it, and it's a very unusual home. The story about our house is really fascinating to me. But the area was kind of dead. It was an old logging slash. We're in an old mining community. And um, and literally the area is dead. And so we spent our last 15 or 16 years really pouring love into this place. And, and I'm a biologist. I'm a wildlife biologist. And animal behavior and ecology and ecosystems is really important to me. So we have spent all this period of time building this food forest that has um, ruminants that are helping to feed it and uh, and all kinds of things like that. We have a pond in the front yard. And what's wonderful is we come home and we will, our healing days, like if, we, if we're really stressed, we'll lay on the lawn. I know people don't always love lawns these days, but we have a small patch of, of grass where we can run around. Humans were evolved in a woodland environment. So we have trees and we have open spaces so we can see predators coming. We have bears and cougar and, and so on here. So we have to be able to watch for that. But We'll sit on our lawn and we'll watch the birds and we'll we'll see the frogs in the pond and I'll play with the salamanders because I'm still a kid at heart and and watch the animals interact with each other. But when people come to our house, people request to come to our home because we've created this extraordinary tiny little ecosystem. I call it a tiny regenerative farm, but it's a tiny little ecosystem that when people come down the small little hill or little driveway and they enter our property, they have a look of wonderment and awe and went, wow, and this is beautiful. We just had a gorgeous event for a group of people. And um, we had a friend who's moving away and we have this family of people now in the last two and a half years. I didn't know these people two and a half years ago, but they've become a family and they finally have been able to come over to our home. And everyone talked about how relaxing our home was. And I think that's the goal. Like my, our goal in life is to have a place that's safe and comfortable. And, and uh, I want to like the people that are there and I, I want to like looking around and, and, and I want to relax here. And, you know, we used to be campers, but we don't do that anymore because our home is more beautiful than most places we've ever been. And that's oh, not exactly true, but it's pretty great. And uh, so we want sanctuary, not just in being able to, I'm looking outside of the window, out the window right now. We want to not just look at beautiful nature outside, but we also want to look at the beautiful interaction between all of the creatures in it. And that includes myself, my husband, my son, the dogs, the whole, 
everything in our life. And um, when I'm sharing things on social media about the interactions, it's it's showing the peace and the joy that's happening between them and having this synergistic relationship where everyone is getting along. And sometimes they're battling a goat's battle. It's what they do. But but um, but the dog and the cat and the rabbits and and uh, there's all kinds of creatures that are working around here. And my job was to try and meet all of their needs so that they had all of their fundamental needs met. So they weren't trying in negative ways to get their needs met. And I think if we recognize that this is what we're all looking for, that we're just creatures with unmet needs um, and try and find a way to meet those needs in each other and ourselves, then, then that's how we find peace and sanctuary. And, and I'm really grateful for the ecosystem and uh, physically and emotionally that we've created here. Right, and you've created that, but as a, a to a point, you know, each of us can create that same sanctuary within it. I mean, you guys have a very special thing, but say somebody's living in a more urban environment, you want to create an area of peace and yeah. try to have that area with as much harmony with nature yeah. as you can, you know, with some plants, sunshine, mm -hmm. yeah. all those kinds of things, you know, maybe a pet. Mm -hmm. These are all, these are all really important things that they're tomes of, of our natural world of where we came mm -hmm. from. And, and I've, I remember driving to the Silicon Valley a couple of months ago and it was like the first time I've been to like the San Jose area in years. And I just got this vibe of it being just frantic and, and on steroids, yeah. this is the center of Silicon Valley. And I'm like, there's something innately wrong about this and, and yes. how people live and they're stressed out because I do my best thinking when I'm doing my trail runs. It's just, yes. and, and so because you're in nature, so you, so you have to try to bring that in and be conscious of all these modern uh, conveniences and, and using them. I, I'm not saying we go back to living outdoors and sleeping on the ground, right? We, we want to mm -hmm. have some of these comforts, but, recognizing how to how to achieve that balance with each of us and also having the confidence and knowing we can and not being caught up in this franticness because i see a lot of people who are just caught up in it without even realizing it yeah and you and know? and i you talked about it earlier like we're running away from ourselves so right. if we can if we can figure out what is what is our piece what is it that we want like you can have an extraordinary ecosystem in a studio apartment you're like absolutely yes. and and you can find your beautiful places in the world and and for maybe for some people it's travel so you find a way to make it so that you can travel to beautiful places in the world but you have to actually look at you and you have to find out what it is that you want and and find a way to get it with grace and ease and and i think that's possible for us all yeah and and finally i'd like to kind of talk about part of this empowerment once you've found that sanctuary within yourself and then with your partner, the people you're closest to and interacting, you know, like, like you guys had a big wake up call a couple of years ago, right? Cause yeah. you've had, you had to readjust and, and out of that, you've actually come out better. So would you like to just mm -hmm. share that with you? So I don't have to talk about it, but you, you talk about it because well, you know, what well, happened fine. in the last three, three years has turned out to be a huge blessing and it's, it's actually empowered you guys even more right mm -hmm. yeah rather than be a you know um so can you share what happened well i know that uh, personally and i think this happens to a lot of people we all kind of go through 
cycles and so on in our relationship and 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 we had like really moved away from each other and and we had a little catalyst in our relationship and and um we we took this opportunity to say listen like do we want to just throw away everything that we have been through in our lives together and all the things that we've worked together or do we want to actually realize that that you and i he and i are um, actually a really great team and reinvest and just forget all of this stuff and and uh, and yeah so we we took this opportunity that we I, well, I, I'm talking right. specifically about the COVID and Jeff having to get vaccinated, all that, and then how oh, that was we, a huge. We didn't, yeah, that was complicated. We didn't have to like. It was so interesting because while we were examining our lives and and so on, we had a whole bunch of chaos that was happening. And um, when I look back, I'm like, all of these little bits of chaos actually brought us to this point. So we didn't. Um, we were in a position when all of this stuff started to happen that we were You're able talking to say, about the pandemic. That's right. Yeah, we were we were able to say, no, we're not doing this. Um, this is we know that this is wrong. Like uh, my background and his background, my background in biology and having performed PCR tests and things like that. My whole body, my whole this is this is where my belly comes back in. My whole body said, no, this is not this is not right. And he his background with working with the government and and understanding law in and in a in another way was really interesting because we were able to see that the things that were happening were not good. So between us, we were actually able to hold another sanctuary. We have a sanctuary here, but we've created an extraordinary sanctuary in our business. And, and that, people business, came. That, that business was brought out of the fact that Jeff lost his job and his livelihood. Well, he didn't really lose his job. He he had a really traumatic experience working for the government. He had a new account, somebody come in and um, really try and change everything that they did. And actually, in my my opinion and his opinion, it it actually really destroyed it. And he didn't lose the his job at the time, but his soul was destroyed. And he was, and forced, he was essentially forced out. He was essentially forced out. That's right. And so he was holding on. And then we we came across this this business like it and it was a perfect fit. And um, it was so he went from working for the government and working in weapons and, and things like that to to an extension of another part of his life. But he was a fireman, a volunteer fireman and a training officer for years. And and the, the very first person he took first aid with was was getting older and he happened to be renewing his first aid and this this gentleman said you don't do you know anyone who wants to buy a first aid school and and jeff came home and he said hey and and i went hey and there was us again trusting our gut this was it and and that was 2017 and so we have been building this since then and because we we went through all of those things we were able to be in a position to say no government we are not doing this we know that what's happening here is wrong other people came to us we were actually able to help people save their pensions we were we were able to help people find a way around some of the extraordinary social pressures as well as legal pressures so-called legal pressures that were happening here we're extremely proud of it and uh, but it was intense so Thank goodness we had done, him and I had done an extraordinary amount of work prior to this because the pressure that came down on Canadians at the time was a lot. And if we had not done all of that work, created that sanctuary, I don't know where we would be. And I don't know where a lot of people around us would be because we literally were able, we owned the building, we owned the business, and we were able to hold space for people. At one point in time, I um, Jeff, 
literally put our address up on Facebook and I was like, you can't just do that. And he said, why don't you all come here? Um, and, and people have been gathering in our office space, our three-story building in downtown Nanaimo for two and a half years, um, coming together when they have lost everyone, um, literally everyone. There are some people who, people have died, people have shunned them, they have left, they have been told they're the worst people in the world, and um, we've all come together and created that sanctuary. Well, and it's not just a sanctuary, sanctuary but, a, but a community. It's a community. It's we've created a community. community. Yeah. Yeah. And they've created and they've helped us. Like it's not just we we're so grateful we were able to open the space. Um, and we have the space. And and you know, somebody told me just the other day that all across British Columbia, it's a giant province, all across British Columbia, people have heard of our group. And you know, over these past few years, uh, there have been all kinds of groups created and and have kind of fizzled out, but ours is still here, and it's because. Of connection it's because we're actually looking at each other and talking to each other and being honest with each other and talking about our needs and our wants and our desires and as well as authentically supporting each other and and accepting each other no matter what our group of people there's probably been about 500 people through this building who've come for support who've come to talk and that group is extraordinarily diverse like the the big event that we just had um saying goodbye to a friend of ours he's a banker we have people who are farmers in the group. We have um, all different kinds of folks. And it is an extraordinary group of people that I couldn't be more grateful for. And all, and and but the most important part of that is that that could only happen because of all the work that Jeff and I have done. And, and as well as of course, all of those people. But if we were not solid in our relationship and our polarity with each other, we couldn't have done this. And, um, and I, I shudder to think where our life would be if it not for that and for knowing people like you who also understood the biology of what was happening and 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 understanding the legalities and so on and knowing that that having that affirmation that what my gut was telling me this whole time was accurate and and i'm so grateful for all of the people in my life and most of them are, are not people that i knew three years ago um some of them have been with me a while like you but i have so many more people in my life now who bring so much to me just because they showed up and um, when we were willing to be authentic and honest with each other. Yeah, and, and I think it's it's great because you're talking about embracing polarity and it's a message that people just need to be aware of in general because not just with your partner or spouse or your immediate friends, but there seems to be this this subconscious messaging of divisiveness. Everything's yeah. polarized now. and 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 it's it's okay to embrace that and have conversations and say it's it's good to be different uh, you know yeah yeah it, and the greatest gift i have from all this time is all the things that that my husband and i have learned to heal me are actually a gift to everyone around me so when i am completely in a soft state and um, and relaxed and feel joy and there's a huge smile on my face, that's contagious. And if, if I'm really in this joyful, happy state, my husband and I are deeply physically connected, emotionally connected, um, spiritually connected with each other. When I go for a walk in our city and our city is suffering right now, it's a small city, but it's a port city. And we are on Vancouver Island, which has a really great climate. So there are people coming from across Canada who are struggling because we have programs and we have the the, the literal climate to support people outside year round. We have so much pain in our environment. So I actually make it a point to fill myself up, do all of my self-care practices, put on the pearls, wear the dress, 
and go out for a walk and beam radiance at people because that's a superpower. And if I can walk around and just give a big smile to someone and, and say, look, I really like your shoes. And then we have a conversation about the world and then they walk away going, wow, that was really great. And so do I then that's that's the difference that we can make in the world i i we you know in our group and and in in our city and so on we're trying to change things on a on a grander scale but the reality is is change it here and yep. then spread it out yeah and, and and another tangential point there that i i want you to speak to because again if it's coming from me it's toxic masculinity <laughs> <laughs> of course uh, but uh you know a lot of the a lot of the female superpowers being vulnerable yes is in vulnerability yes uh, and, and women want to be vulnerable but they want to feel safe in that vulnerability yeah yeah and, and that's the response but that's the other end that, of that polarity that a lot of men now don't recognize that responsibility that they have when a woman makes themselves vulnerable on all levels physically emotionally yeah. psychologically uh, financially economically that's a big responsibility that unfortunately with what's transpired with culture and the shift that men are feeling less empowered from a mm -hmm. variety of angles. You know, mm -hmm. it's not just that their spouses are at their throats um, or they feel that way, right? They feel that way. It's, it's because all these powers that be have, have, have left people, you know, when you look at how you know, man's domain, you know, man just might just want to go to his job, get paid, take care of his family. But when you see jobs cuts and the cost of living go up and a guy can't, is, is struggling to provide. Mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, and then that creates that internal struggle, but, but it's a, it's a big responsibility for males. And, and uh, unfortunately, because of we're males and we don't listen and we tend to deny or push things on the rug, we don't recognize and act on, but also we, we don't have the, what a lot of what's gone away is the the mentorship yeah that men mentor other men like like what your husband is doing with hunter right yeah you know so there's this yin yang thing where the man wants to feel empowered and ha take that responsibility but he's not given the tools and then the woman wants to be vulnerable as a superpower so it is a superpower it, it is a superpower it, it, it gets us every time yeah um, it does yeah. And we're, we're and I think that the, the conflict in a relationship is we're unwilling to be vulnerable with our partners. So if we're just tough and I'm getting the jar off the counter, the, the shelf well, myself. It's that, it's that chronic fight or fight physiology. Yeah. And worthiness as well. Right. And and if we just take the moment, if I just take the moment to just be in grace and and ask for help. And now I get now I get to ask my son and he gets to support me and he's he's taller than my husband. So I get to um, I get to really also guide him by showing him where his power is, that he can care for and protect a woman or women or or younger people or animals or what have you and that that uh, and when i have a big smile on my face like thank you for helping me even though i'm capable of doing it myself it's uh, my goal is to set him up for success and to know what to look for in his partner so that when he is old enough if he chooses if he wants to have a family that that he he chooses the role of being the 
the provider, the protector, the, the supporter of this woman who will then create more humans. Like women make all the people um, and we need men to protect us while we do that. And so if if I can show him that that this is the, the beautiful role and so that all the time I took with him homeschooling and unschooling and being home with him and, and showing him that tuning into your kids and creating kids and creating the next generation of people is, is your job. And like my job is not just to create a person and then have the government raise it. My job is to create someone else's husband or uh, somebody who's gonna take care of, of, of somebody else's children or anything like that. That's my job is to guide this human into being the best human he can be. And I think many of us have this, this sad belief that we're supposed to pop out some kids and then hand them over to somebody who doesn't love them to raise them. And I think that is the, the biggest bit of misinformation that we've all been fed. And, um, and the joy that I have and the gratitude I feel for my husband for wanting me to be at home with our kids, the agreement that we make that made that we would be the person who was with our child, that our child would only be with someone who loved them. And we're grateful we were able to do that. I know that's not possible for all people, but thank goodness. And and the proof is in the pudding. This kid, I can't say enough about this kid. And you're coaching him now. So I have more men in his life who are helping to guide him and 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 make this incredible human and that's our legacy is is to make the next generation of people and and uh, to make them healthy and strong and to be creative because when you are relaxed and healthy and your needs are met that's where creativity comes from that's where all of the most extraordinary inventions come from and that's how we save the world i know that sounds grandiose but it's and not that the world needs saving but that's it, it where needs, we, it needs saving tina because it needs, it needs saving it needs creativity it needs the ability yeah. to step back and not be right and look at and get a conversation going yeah. um, because it's not happening now and and you know the, the last three years haven't made that crystal clear it's been going on for a long time but Yes, sir. The, the events of the last three years have made it pretty crystal clear. Um, the veil's been pulled back, and a lot of people aren't willing to see that. And it's just, and it goes right back to, okay, we're talking about this on a macro level with, you know, politics, government, medicine, science, but then it goes right back to, are we willing to pull that veil back on ourselves first? Yes. Yeah. And and deal with that, and then from that we can really create that creativity and and move forward and and fortunately it's kind of funny you mentioned this because the people who have come into my life in the last several years uh and especially now in the last three or four years uh it's it's i'm thinking when you're talking about this this resonates with me because i was hearing it yesterday from dr debris who's one of bf skinner's acolytes from the behavioral psychology of the 60s and 70s you know he's in his uh, Dr. Debris in his 80s now, and he was talking exactly about what you're talking about. Or I was thinking about John Dionisiu, uh, my marketing guy and, and business development guy who's been crucial to making all this happen. Because I, I, you know, I'm just this guy who, who's, I'm good at what I do, but I'm a, I'm kind of like this, this absent-minded professor <laughs> in terms of execution and getting it out there. And so he's been making it happen, but you know, Think when you're talking about you and your sanctuary and your relationship with Jeff, I mean, he and his wife have the same thing. Like they, I, I hear them in the background when we're on a meeting, like, 
complementing each other and how they interact and, and they've created that for themselves and they've created a sanctuary for themselves because they're both from Australia. They both got out of the church they were in because it, it became a little bit too suffocating. Mm -hmm. So they had to leave the church and it caused a lot of shunning. Right. But mm -hmm. you know, he, he and his wife, uh, he's, he's not, they were both from Australia and she's of Irish descent. And he, his parents, were from Cyprus and so they had dual citizenship and they just happened to be in Cyprus living there at the time all this stuff happened and it couldn't have been more fortunate and they created their sanctuary there to a point because Australia is no different from Canada in terms of the draconian measures that were yeah. taken yeah and, and, it's pretty and, bad. and he didn't he didn't buy it either because he's he, you know, he bought into my Kool-Aid so he, he and he's that way anyway so you know as you're talking about this all this all this stuff's coming up that that there are people out there who are doing it and that um, the reason we had this conversation is so other people like and and again here's another one dr kathy she and her partner left new jersey because of what was going on there and, and moved to florida and created their mm -hmm. sanctuary so smart people, yeah people people are doing this and i want people to know that they need to they, they they need to recognize that they have that ability and and you know you're you're the perfect that's why I wanted to have this conversation because you're and why this topic because you're you're sort of like the poster child for this <laughs> sanctuary in the middle of hell is that what you mean <laughs> well no we, we can you know this is this is life I mean even yeah. from an evolutionary perspective you know hunting gathering survival I mean sure. I, I call it feasting and fasting because game was plentiful in our tribal hunter-gatherer lives, but there was a lot of work to be done and there mm -hmm. were some dangers. Um, they weren't the same dangers and chronic stressors we had today, but you know, we all figured out how to create our sanctuary and the, and the whole journey of humanity is we've, we've brought ourselves to the sanctuaries we have today and and the problem is is we we've forgotten that and it took a lot of hard work both within ourselves and within our communities it took a lot of ingenuity and and we've forgotten that we've gotten you know unfortunately we've gotten kind of dumber as a consequence you know as, as a society that might be by design yeah i think that might be yeah by design. yeah yeah i mean yeah. have you ever seen the movie idiocracy yes yeah <laughs> yeah. You know, with all this said, though, I, I feel like um, all species don't evolve without pressure. And yes. like, if everything's really easy, then we just kind of stay in this place. And you know, that phrase, you know, hard times create strong men. And, you know, that wonderful phrase that make, weak men. Yeah, exactly. And that, like, as much as this has been this experience over the past few years has been a uh, painful in many ways. It's also been the most extraordinarily transformative, transformative period of our lives. And we have gained so much, even though we've lost, we've gained so much. And I'm grateful for the things that we've learned and the ability to, to find love and joy and wonderment in ourselves and, and, uh, and, and to know that we're sovereign beings, like you mentioned, and, and that we can take care of ourselves and we don't have to depend on daddy government to take care of us. And, and you know, I'm, I'm just about to build 
have a meeting where we're going to brainstorm what we can do about um, about some of the people, how we can support people. Like we have a really very serious unhoused problem, and in California, I'm sure you're you're experiencing some of the similarities. Oh, and, you have no idea. The, oh, I have an idea. <laughs> you yes. have no idea. The, 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 the climate here is even better than in Nanaimo, so yeah. you can you can only imagine yeah. the and it's such a disconnect. But we won't get into that. But but I think yeah. the the point here is is you can take lemons and make lemonade. That's right. And that yeah. and, and that's you know I I certainly can say that. You know, we were on our way with Fespen OFM before the pandemic started. I mean, mm -hmm. we had the best months we have and things were going good and then boom. Yeah. And so, you know, it's been rough. I've had to go into a lot of debt to um, keep going, but it's given me a greater sense of purpose and drive and we've retooled and restructured. And with what's happened and what's transpired, right, it's become pretty obvious that that sovereignty extends to your health and you need to, mm -hmm. we need modern medicine, but we need to keep ourselves at arm's length. And I remember having a conversation with my friend Bruce about, about this whole thing in the beginning about metabolic health, because it, yeah. it was clear who was yes. having bad outcomes. And he said, well, exactly. we don't have, we don't have time for that. We have to do something. And now the, now that is a moot point because nobody in, in the powers that be have, have been mentioning metabolic health as a policy mm -hmm. you know it's always yeah. been these sort of policies that that tend to monetize greatly for a few mm -hmm. and and so you know and he's on board with what i do he's he's one of my biggest fans but it's like this and now he's he's supporting that but it's like you know this is not you know people have to realize what they're not hearing and that is that they're not hearing that they need that they need to and they can take control of themselves whether it's their wounding their health their finances you know you need to shut out all that messaging that's telling you you got to be this you got to be that and find out what you got to do for you and then find the people like you say the, the the mentors out there and they're out there who can who can provide you with the tools and the the guidance to to create that that sovereign thing. I mean, you've done it. Like I said, my friend John and his wife have done it in Cyprus. I mean, mm -hmm. they, they, they're like, it was a blessing that they were there because they had a house in Brisbane, Australia, et cetera. And they just happened to be there. Now they have a house in Cyprus and they, you know, they finally decided this is where we're going to be. But, you know, they created their luck. Yes, they were lucky they were in Cyprus when this hit, but they created yeah. their luck. And, yes. you know, would you have known through all the tumultuous years you've gone through that you'd arrived here, you know, somebody said, this is what it was going to be? It's like, really? I know. You know. And I love, I love looking back at that and going, all of those things prepared Let's, us for this. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and it's like I say, you know, we try, you know, in today's world, we try to be risk-free and we try to plan out things out. And this is a lot of what AI is all about, but yet nature has what I call this elegant chaos and out of that chaos comes an orbit and you just kind of got to go with that flow. You don't have to be naive or anything you have to control, but the control lies right with us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
So anything you'd like to finish up with, because this is this is about you, and I've talked a lot here at the end <laughs> to kind of to kind of summarize this. But um, any any words for the audience out there from your journey? And I don't know. I I definitely think that if I if I can say one thing, it is is to to figure out what it is that you need and what it is that you want and what's a want and what's a need. And, uh, and to be honest with yourself, because we might have this belief that we want something and it, it sounds great and all that programming can, and conditioning will tell you that that's what you want, but, but really like following your gut, following your beautiful belly and uh, following where it leads and what it's telling you and really tuning into yourself is, uh, and, and listening to people and being open and being willing to change your mind, I think is, is probably the most important words that I can say to anyone and I can remind myself because sometimes I forget that it's that uh, that I can change my mind and I can have gratitude for the things around me and even the painful things and um, because like like we said they um, they're guiding us and uh, sending us on a, on a on a path that we might not know is going to be extraordinary in the future so yeah I would say that's being getting to be getting to be quiet with yourself to 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 be able to tune out all that noise and it's that's really hard to do as you say in today's yeah. world they don't they, you know all these entities whatever they are don't want that they want to keep pinging that cortisol with that messaging well and it's the greatest way to sell things if you are um, afraid and don't even know yourself you like you're grasping for anything in order to feel whole and um, if you can just shopping therapy shopping therapy and you know what like we do need people to build things and make things and be creative and come up with extraordinary things look at the world we live in like look at all the things that have been created but uh, but not all of them are a benefit to us some of them are pleasurable some of them are a benefit and a lot of it is just filler and convenience yeah 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 well okay thanks, thanks very Peter. much tina yeah this was great yeah it's always great talking to you yeah yeah i wish we could have recorded a lot of the stuff we've talked about but you know yeah. who knows it's all good who so knows? we have to do uh, it again yeah this pod podcast is a little sanctuary in itself eh? yeah it is yeah so keep on doing what you're doing and yeah we'll, we'll we'll have another conversation down the road because uh, i recorded a podcast with roko Bellick on being happy so and that good, got that way. got yeah, that got well received, and 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 I want to do more of these because it, it's it fundamentally has to do with optimizing your fat metabolism so you can optimize your health and, and performance because we need to get turned down that cortisol response, and it's just such an endemic part of today's modern world. And even when we're we're actually trying to turn it down, we're thinking our cortisol. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a crazy thing, and you you just you know. It just dawned on me on my run on Sunday, the theme of this first conversation with you, Tina. So looking forward to many more. Sounds wonderful. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Bye.